This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Kevin here, and uh, it, it's a crazy time here as we kind of are coming toward the tail end, hopefully, knock on wood, of the COVID-19 pandemic, and, and shows are starting to uh, be announced, the world's starting to open up, uh, and, and I'm kind of reflecting back on this year and a half, almost, of... of uh, interviews that i've done and uh I, I i'm seeing that i've i've talked to so many cool different musicians um I, i've talked to everyone from the black dahlia murder to testament um to uh, armored saint so many cool interviews i've had the chance to uh speak with rob halford uh guys from mastodon and and so many people uh when we were forced to be locked down i just uh, doubled up and reached out to a lot of people that I knew in the music industry and, and a lot of people I didn't know and just started creating as much content for you, the listeners, um, to uh, kind of, I guess, just get out of uh, your own heads and listen to uh, how everyone else is coping. And uh, when I was thinking about this, I realized that there were a couple interviews uh, that I uh, haven't released, um, whether it be, uh, you know, other things got in the way. Uh, a couple of these, actually, I kind of uh, had issues with and was able to retrieve them. So this episode here, uh, as we start to, um, you know, maybe go to some shows here in the next couple months or so, uh, I, I'm starting to uh, hopefully maybe... Maybe do an in-person interview. We sh who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to do a little compilation episode. So uh, I'm going to do three interviews in this episode. Three interviews, a couple of lost interviews. And then uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to start with an interview with a guy named Ricky Warwick. Now, this is a, a guy you might not be familiar with, but he's had the pleasure of performing with all-time incredible bands he has played with both thin lizzy and stiff little fingers his two favorite bands of all time and he also ricky warwick is assigned to nuclear blast records and uh he's killing it man he put out a solo album in 2020 it's more of kind of like a 
singer songwriter more rock and roll kind of stuff uh it's definitely not as like heavy bombastic metal but it's really cool stuff and uh, i was able to speak with ricky warwick about his time with such uh iconic bands and really growing up uh and and idolizing these bands and then going on to play with them after that i'll be playing an interview i did with paul martin from a band from new zealand called devil skin uh they're kind of like an alternative metal band but it was cool to chat with him because uh, this was right at the beginning of uh the the pandemic and we chatted a bit about you know what was to come and uh, we were all kind of in a weird place where we didn't know what would happen um he had just lost his radio show um that he had been recording and and producing live since like the late 80s so you know we talk a little bit about um that and, and losing the airtime to that and then i'm gonna end things here this episode with an interview with ross the boss from the dictators and man of war as well as death dealer and uh, the ross the boss band so again this is kind of a uh, an odds and ends triple threat three-part interview episode i hope you enjoy this random assortment of rad people from all across the rock and roll and metal world it's metal shops backstage past and uh, i'll be back next week with an interview with kyle rasmussen from vitriol hey what's going on it's metal shop and metal shops backstage pass right now switching things up a little bit and i'm going to be talking with badass irish rocker ricky warwick from black star riders the legendary thin lizzy the almighty and his solo uh band ricky warwick going to be putting out when life was hard and fast out february 19th uh from from ireland now and living in los angeles uh, as we just as he just mentioned off air been living here for 16 years man yeah it's home now. Nice, dude. You know, so it, it'll it'll never be it'll never be uh, Ireland, but you know it's uh, it, uh, it, I've been here sixteen years and uh, I'm happy. So that's the main thing, right? So you are. Uh, I mean, you're you're prolific. You you were in the Almighty in the nineties. You, you joined mm-hmm. up with Thin Lizzy, Black Star Riders, and now you're doing your solo thing uh, as the Ricky Warwick uh, band, um, rather. Uh, so this last couple years or this last year rather uh must have been the slowest time for you like as far as not being on the road How, have you ever like not been on the road for as long as you have in the last 10 11 months no no this is definitely a first for me i mean i've been touring i've been playing shows since i was 14 years old yeah i am um, you know when we first started playing when we were kids playing school discos and, and youth clubs and places like that mm-hmm um, and that was back in 1980. So this is the longest I've gone in 40 years without playing a show. You getting pretty restless? You know, it's been nice. It's been nice to be home with a family unbroken. Yeah. I've never had that, you know, certainly, uh, you, you know, as a professional musician, I've never had spent this amount of time at home. So it's great to be home with the kids and my wife and, and be there every day. Of, of course, that's amazing. But, you know, I love what I do. And, it, and what I do is part of makes me who I am. And, not to be able to sort of do that or, or sort of look on the calendar and go, okay, you know, we're heading over to Europe next month for a tour. And yeah. you, that was always, you could always see a couple of years ahead what was what was coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not there at the minute. And it's weird. It's definitely weird. Well, it sounds like you're making the best of it, man. And, and you said like uh, right. you're, you're, you're with the family. But what, what's it like, you know, um, doing, promoting an album and, and releasing an album amidst, Really uncertain times uh, of this global pandemic. What's that been like on, on your end? And was there ever like any doubt if you wanted to release the album during this time? I am. Yeah, it's you know, it's strange. It's strange just releasing it and not being able to have the sort of 
okay, we know we're going on tour for a year to back it up. You know, that, that not being there is weird. Um, cause I'm obviously I'm dying to play these songs live. Yeah. Uh, but the album was completed in 2019. So it was all done okay. and dusted before, before the pandemic was ever upon us. And I didn't change the release date. The release date was always going to be February 2021 because last year, my other band, Black Star Riders, we were supposed to be on the road yeah. all of last year. But but obviously that didn't happen because of the pandemic. So I kind of stuck to my guns and thought, well, you know, I'm not going to bring the solo release forward. Let's just leave it where it is and mm-hmm. see where we are at the start of um, 2021, which is what I did. You know, and sadly, we're still very much in the pandemic, although there appears to be some light now at the end of the tunnel with Luckily, the vaccines yeah. and and it seems things seem to slowly be slowly be turning the corner. So that's good, but it just is what it is. You just got to keep going, you know. You yeah. just can't really. You got to go. Okay, this is bigger than any of us. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to turn this into um, find the positives during this? And uh, that's really the mindset I've tried to I've tried to keep during the whole thing. And we got to still have good music, man. And, and that's good that you're providing where a soundtrack. With, where would we be without the arts during all this? I think more people, you know, should probably realized that more than ever that you know music you know books movies video games all the painting all the arts have been so vital to everybody's mental well-being during this time can you imagine what it'd be like you know without all of those things we'd just be twiddling our thumbs and oh you know it would be be horrendous you know but and that's why i think they need to be appreciated more i still Mm -hmm. i still don't think i still don't think the arts get the appreciation that they deserve so this album um, is, you know, if you're a, if you're someone who checks out Nuclear Blast all the time, you may think of them as like a black metal, death metal, hardcore. Like your album, from what I've heard, uh, just the singles so far uh, from the album When Life Was Hard and Fast, it's kind of almost like roots American rock, uh, almost like uh, Americana, almost rather. Um, sure. Yeah. What a. It, it seems like kind of a departure for Nuclear Blast, but at the same time, pretty pretty awesome. What what well, brought you, you together with Nuclear Blast? I've been I've been on Nuclear Blast now for ten years. Oh my uh, god! Okay, Black Star Riders are signed to Nuclear Blast. Okay, Blast okay, and, and they signed they signed us way back in twenty twelve on our first record, and they've been a wonderful home to us, and, and we're really happy with everything that they've done. And you know, in this day and age, to be on a label that long is kind of unheard of. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm really happy to to to, to being you know on the label for so long, and uh, so they wanted to put out the solo record, and I was like, absolutely, you know done deal because i've said i'm so happy with what they've done with black star writers and yeah. i know everybody at the label built up relationships with them there uh, they work very hard for their artists absolutely and you know they have a few they have a few bands that aren't in that sort of genre of like the phil campbell yeah. metal, you know they've obviously got phil campbell they've got the anthrax guys in there yeah. you know that aren't so you know uh, so there's a little bit of 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 um diversity on on the roster but yeah i mean it's funny because when they signed us with black star writers i remember they, they came to one of the shows and the the, the the owner of the label i remember saying because you know you, you know what you know you were, were really known as like a heavy thrash label you know and why do you want to sign with us and we said because you know you have been there from when we were doing the demos and the yeah. start and the interest that you showed and the support and the vision that we have you, you you shared that with us and you know that's really what it's all about i couldn't really ask for any more than that I mean, if you can find a label that will just put all their all into you, I mean, that's there's so many labels that, you know, if you don't sell X amount of copies, you know, and I'm sure. just speaking from, you know, I, I don't I'm not an artist, so I don't yeah. know. But from just what I've heard, it just seems like, you know, they just move on so fast. Well, but, you know, everybody wants to make money. And at the end of the day, that's it's, it's a business and, and we all have to live and pay our bills. And, and I get that, you know, but. 
you know, Nuclear Blast work very hard with the bands yeah. and, and the expectations are realistic. And um, I think that goes a long way. So you said that, you know, you've been playing music since you were 14. Like, what what was yeah. your first band that you fell in love with as a kid? I mean, it was really two bands for me, being Irish, and they were both Irish bands, you know, just just because they they were they were they belonged to us, you know. Yeah. They were Thin Lizzy mm-hmm. and, st- and a punk band called Steph Little Fingers. Oh, and that's funny because you've played in both. You you did some live I stuff have... with Stiff Little Fingers, and then now you're in yeah. Thin Lizzy as the vocalist. That's yeah. I mean, it's dream, dreams come true, right? <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for. That's insane. Yeah, but those, those those were bands that I idolized as a kid. You know, they really were. And the fact that I've ended up, you know, working working with both those bands has been amazing. Uh, and like I said, a dream come true for me. But they really were the soundtrack of my youth and, and the soundtrack of my life. I, I mean, I still I still listen to, to to both those bands regularly all the time, and they still blow my mind. I still get a buzz a buzz out of it even even today. So I got to ask you about. You know, filling shoes in Thin Lizzy, and and I, I hate to put it that way, but like when you join an iconic band like Thin Lizzy, and you're tasked with being the vocalist of Thin Lizzy, do you take uh, the stance of you want to kind of do a Thin Lizzy inter- uh, impersonation, or do you do your own thing? How do you kind of jump into that role? Well, you don't jump into it. I mean, you can't stand in full line of shoes. So yeah. It was- was iconic in my opinion he's the greatest rock and roll frontman that there ever was mm-hmm. and there's nobody like him phil Lina is still the singer of thin lizzie i'm not phil's a singer he always will be yeah and and, that, and, that, and that's the way people should visualize thin lizzie i'm just a custodian of, of, of his songs i've been i've been asked to, to look after these songs and sing these songs and and and, and put my soul and my attitude and, and my energy in, into those wonderful songs that he wrote yeah. with boys and that's what i try to do but yeah of course if you want to go and see see it you you want the songs to sound similar to the way you know and love them mm-hmm. so it's like a fine line you know i always say i can't stand in phil's shoes but I, I i try and stand beside them yeah. and that's the best that i can do and i put my own personality into it but obviously you know we have a, a similar vocal style and when i'm singing those songs i try and sing them as similar to, in phil's style um you know as, as i can uh, so the people, you know, people, you, you, they don't want to hear a Thin Lizzy song and some guy singing it in a completely different style or, you know, four octaves higher than the original. They want to hear <laughs> those songs the way, the way that they are. And that's what I would do as well. But, you know, I'm not standing up there. I don't play bass, you know, uh, the way Phil did. I'm not standing. I'm, I would never dream of trying to trying to even put a, a little toe in, in one of Phil's shoes. You know what okay. I mean? I like that. I like how you put them in the custodian, dude. That's a, that's a really well worded way, way to put that. Yeah. So thank you. Um, so okay. So let's. Well, we don't even have to imagine. It, there's been a lot of days lately, and as far as the sure. news, as far as the world goes, you know, and yeah. just <clears throat> imagine you're having a, a crap day and everything's going wrong. You're reading the news; it's all bad. What's an album you can put on? that can transport you back to a positive mindset or, you know, get you going where you need to be? There's a lot. I mean, I, I mentioned Thin Lizzy. I can still go back and listen to any Thin Lizzy records. And, yeah. And that'll get me going because I love the band so much. Um, I mean, it, it can be anything from like a Rose Tattoo album. I love yeah. Rose Tattoo. It could, be, it could be like a Kate Bush album, you know. It could be something that's, that, you know, it's completely... People would think that that isn't, isn't in my wheelhouse. I listen to a lot of soul. I like, I like, I love the Temptations. I love the Four Tops, Martha mm-hmm. Reeves, 
I mean, Tom Motown can really get you feeling good and really be uplifting. Yeah. So I'm just a, I'm a music junkie. I'm a vinyl junkie as well. So I'm always, you know, there's always something going on. I mean, music is playing pretty much every day at pretty much all the time in my house. There's always something going on, you know, and uh, yeah, I just I just find it great to have it on, even if I'm not really tuned into it. it was just, even sometimes it was just on in the background and I'm yep. aware of it and it's there. I don't know. It just soothes me. It's just great. All right, man. Well, I just got a couple more questions for you. There's, again, sure, this bro. is Ricky Warwick, uh, new album, When Life Was Hard and Fast, out February 19th on Nuclear Blast Records. We're a Seattle radio station, and I'm putting you on the spot, but are there any Pacific Northwest, namely like Seattle area artists? What's your favorite Seattle artist of all time? Man, you know, there's so many great, obviously I'm telling, I'm pre-thinking of already here, clubs and bands that have come out of Seattle, I, I, yeah. you know, in the last sort of 30 years. You know who I really, really think is a great Seattle dude uh, uh, is Duff McKagan. Yes, you know, uh, yes. You know Duff, Duff. Duff started off playing in those punk bands up there, mm-hmm. and he's he still has that. I've got to know Duff. You know, I've met him a few times, and he still has that spirit and that intensity yep. that I think he had when he was a kid playing in 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 the and it was it the farts he played in. Was yep. that the name of the farts? Yeah, played in the farts. Yeah, so he still has that get in the van mentality mm-hmm. even after everything that he's done. And I love that. The other guy I've met a few times that still has that is Dave Grohl. Yeah. He still has that, that whole punk rock vibe and intensity, which is great. So I love that as well. I mean, there's some great bands. I mean, I, I mean, come on. I mean, I'll, you know, there's Allison Chains. I've got mm-hmm. the tour with them when I was in the Almighty very early on in their career. Awesome. And that, and that was amazing. I'm still friends with Jerry to this day from Allison Chains. Yeah. Um, obviously, Soundgarden were just a wonderful, amazing band. And, you know, then there's bands, you know, um, like um, you know, like screaming trees as well. Mm-hmm. I thought were amazing. You know, I mean, a lot of that grunge stuff was just fantastic, and because it came out of the kind of punk rock scene, um, it had an edge to it that that I really loved. Tad, a great band as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, you know, good music scene up there. I mean, bands like Melvin's and Nirvana were pretty much just punk rock, just in a different key. You know? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. I mean, we uh, we nearly worked with Jack and Dino when I was in the Almighty. And oh wow! Okay. Came for it. Came very close to doing a record with Legend. Jack Dino, which which would have been awesome. Uh, sadly, it didn't it didn't come off in the end. But I got to meet him. I really bizarre story. I I flew. I was living in London at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we wanted to work with Jack and Dino, and Jack agreed to meet me. And I guess he was coming back from working with a band in Europe. So we met in Frankfurt Airport. I flew to Frankfurt <laughs> Airport to meet to meet Jack and Dino for coffee in the in the hotel cafe for an hour, and then flew back to London. That's funny. <laughs> And he was great. He was really great. You know, he was, that was about 1993, 94. So obviously the, you know, the whole thing, was the heyday was exploding there. And uh, yeah, sadly we never got to work together, but it, it would have been good. And he's still working, uh, he's still working up here. So if you ever, if you ever feel the need, he's, he, he's, he's oh, no, working yeah, his ass never off. Never rule anything out, right? Because he had a kick-ass band as well. It was a Skinyard. Yep. Band, right? Skinyard, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they, were, they, were, they were killer. Really good. All right, man. Last question for you. Pick a scar on your body, Ricky, and tell us a story of how you got the scar. I have a couple. That's a great question. Um, I have a big one on my right eyebrow that I got in a fight uh, in Uh-oh. Scotland. It's a pretty cool story. I was I was 19 years old, and the band I was in at the time were playing the local, the, sort of a local town hall, you know, five uh-huh. local bands playing. Yeah. And one of the guys in the other band <laughs> i guess i'd gone out with his sister Uh-oh. he was a bit older than me not cool and bro. i was there i was there with my new girlfriend and it all kind of kicked off 
So I headbutted this guy. Oh my god! And and then it, it we went outside to continue the fight. Yep. And he'd run around a corner. As I ran around the corner, he was wearing these kind of pointed goth kind of boots that he used to wear back in the eighties. Yep. And he, as I went around the corner, he just boom kicked me. And I, and as I fell, he kind of caught me in the groin. As I fell, he kicked me again, and the point of the shoe just boom split my eye open. And before we could get into it, you know, the fight was split up, but I had blood streaming down my face and I started to go on stage and our drummer in our band at the time, his, um, his girlfriend was a nurse. So she did her best to patch it up. But about the second song into the set, I, I felt it burst again and there was blood just streaming down. I mean, it looked great. It looked brilliant. You know, it must've looked amazing on stage, but yeah, so that was a, and it's a, it's never healed properly because I never got it stitched up properly. So it's still, still got quite a cool scar on the, on the eyebrow. But there you go. The Irishman and Scotland fighting, dude. Brutal. Uh, what can you do? Oh, <laughs> I like the story, though, man. Thank you so much yeah. for regaling yeah. us with the stories. I was old, old, old enough to know better and too young to care, right? Exactly. So, again, the new album, When Life Was Hard and Fast, coming out February 19th on Nuclear Blast. Check out the Ricky. You can pre-order the new Ricky Warwick now. Uh, any final words for the Northwest, Ricky? Yeah, I hope everybody is safe and well up there, and uh, thank you all for your support. And- hope to get back up and play there someday and uh you know we'll get back to rock and roll soon but just 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 thanks to everybody be safe absolutely man and you too and i'll talk to you uh later and hopefully we'll see you in 2021 hey it's metal shop here on the rock and i just got a call from new zealand it's paul martin from devil skin they have a brand new album called red it's streaming now uh he is uh, a long serving uh radio jock in the in the metal and rock community uh doing since 1992 uh he's he's a rock star over there in new zealand with their new album and uh he's he's a busy dude uh but first off man um how how are you doing with with everything going on right now and how are you staying safe and sane and and what's the status of stay-at-home order in new zealand yeah, hey, hey, thanks, Kevin. Firstly, th- thank you for having me on Metal Shop, man. It's, it's my privilege, and I really do hope you're enjoying the new album. Um, yeah, here in New Zealand, we're still on um, Alert Level 3, so we're not really supposed to go out in public if we can at all help it. And lots of businesses are closed down, and uh, people have to queue up to get into any sort of shop or anything like that. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, Kev, um, pretty much like it is all over the world, I think, at the moment. It's crazy, man. Um, well, well, I gotta ask though, the new album, like, what's what's it like personally? Because this is unprecedented time. What's it been like releasing a brand new album in the thick of a, a worldwide pandemic? <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't our choice, believe me. Um, yeah, it's, it's the craziest, craziest of all times in living memory for the whole planet. I think you mm-hmm. know. So, um, so yeah, we just we had to cancel a European tour, UK tour, a New Zealand tour. We mm-hmm. just had to stop everything, and um, like luckily we can still release the album digitally. And we've only just got to the stage now where we can send out physical copies. So yeah, I mean, I put a put a big um, spoke in the works, um, to put it mildly. Hey, <laughs> you know. I think I think in a couple years, uh, or or when all of these things clear up, or who, who knows, uh, whenever you know things get back to quote unquote normal, uh, I think that you guys will maybe look back and be like, "Hey, you know what? Remember that one time we released a an album in the middle of a storm?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one's going to forget this whole shitstorm in a hurry, are they? You know? No, I don't think so. You know, we're, we're- 
the other thing is, Kevin, you know, it's a good time. People are stuck at home, mm-hmm. and it's a really good time for, for those of us that love music to really rediscover our love for music and our passion for music. And, and you know, that's what we're, we're hoping people will do with our album. You know, really dig into it and put it on from start to finish and, you know, enjoy music again. Let's talk about it. So the album's called Red. It's available now. And uh, uh, so going into the album, what was your approach? Did you guys have any any different approach to this one, or uh, pretty much the same same approach? Or what did you guys really want to uh, get through with this record? Well, we we really just wanted to make the best record we possibly could. Um, We wanted to work with a new producer, and um, the guy we worked with, um, Greg. Has done both uh, my Valentine, a few a few bigger bands, and he's a really nice guy. He's a Welshman, so he's he's really oh, cool. funny, and we got on we get on great, and we've sort of worked on worked with him on a single before, and we we've just got a really good um, um, rapport with the guy, and mm-hmm. he loves he loves us live, and he wanted to catch that capture that in the in the studio, you know, so. Quite often, when you go into a recording studio, there'll be a there'll be a producer or an engineer or, or someone who'll say, "Hey, try this guitar, try this amp, try these speakers, try yeah. this, try this," you know. And Greg was all about, "Hey, bring your own stuff. I want you to sound just like you." That's, That's cool, it, you know. Yeah. And and you know, we demoed something like thirty songs uh, for the album. We had to cut down to twelve, so you know, it, was, it almost came to fifty cuffs. Uh, but Jesus. <laughs> I think the songs that the songs that sort of are on the album will put their hands up if if you like, you know, and, and yeah. once we demoed them we went, Wow, yes, this has to go on the album. And one of the last songs that we demoed was Do You See Birds and um as soon as Jenny came you know, it was one of the last and nearly didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. And um as soon as Jenny came out of the vocal booth she said, nah, I think we should probably start the album with this. Nice. <laughs> we went, yeah. Hell yeah, it's a bit of a throat punch of the song. So, um, you know, a, a lot of the material on the album, a lot of the songs, Kevin, are, are from um, real-life stories, stuff mm-hmm. that happened to us. You know, there's the song Endo, which uh, Jenny wrote about her. She had to have an operation for stage four endometriosis. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, it's pretty nasty. And so it's a pretty, it's a graphic song. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the video for it graphic as well. We did a great video for it. We, we get our Slayer moment to be covered in buckets of blood. But, um, you know, and we've got a song called The Victor, and that's, that's about us as a band. We, we sort of um, came across a really bad car accident out in the middle of nowhere and, and had to give, you know, be first responders sort of thing for, oh my God. for the um, people that were injured. It was awful, man. There was children hurt and, and old people, and it was it was just traumatizing for the whole lot of us. So, you know, that came out in one of the songs. There's a, there's another song called Bright Lights, which is about um, you know Jenny being homesick when we're touring Europe and missing yeah. a baby, leaving a, leaving a um, one-year-old baby at home, sort of stuff. So, all the songs are pretty real for us, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I think we think that they all just sort of fit so well together, and it just tells a tells a beautiful story. And there's highs and lows and darks and light bits and scary bits. Yeah. Dude, but that's the thing about music is it, is it can help you get all that stuff out, and I'm sure it's kind of like free heavy metal therapy for you, right? Oh, it totally is, man. It's cathartic, you know. There's another song on the album called um, Sweet Release, mm-hmm. and I wrote the lyrics about that, about um, a 21-year-old um, young man here in our hometown of Hamilton, New Zealand, and he was in mental health care and on suicide watch, and they let him go outside for a cigarette, and he um, took himself to the river and drowned himself. Oh. Just a 
a really awful, tragic story, and his poor parents have been dragged through the mill for five years over this, trying to get accountability out of the health mm-hmm. system and, and make sure it doesn't happen to other people. And you know, I had this dream one night, and it was like a vision, and I wrote the whole thing down, and basically we recorded it just like that, and that's sweet release. So, um, I think we're shooting a video for that probably in the next month, Good, month yeah. or so. But no. You know, it's, it's, it's songs that mean stuff to us. Like we get goosebumps when we hear these songs, and you know, it's, it's, the stories are about life and death, and everyone can relate to you know losing someone to suicide or, or the feelings that you get. You know, yeah, the rest of it. So, to us, it's an honest and organic sort of album and, and collection of songs, and, and you know, we're super proud of it. You know? That's awesome, man. Well, uh, if if you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. Uh, Devil Skin again. Their new album is called Red, and uh, so you're talking about some pretty heavy stuff there. And and in I'm sure there's a lot of people. Well, I know that we're dealing with a lot of stress, anxiety, with a lot of negative news. Uh, if you if, say uh, say like maybe it's a day where you're getting too much bad news and, and you're having a really stressful day, what's an album that you can put on that that can like transform uh, your your mental health? And, and get you back to where um, you need to be. There's several. Pretty, pretty much Black Sabbath. Anything by Black Sabbath. Yeah. I, I had a crappy day the other day, and I thought I'm born again. And I sung back to the woman loud as I could in my car, drove around, it felt great, you know. But mm-hmm. um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath is one of those albums that just fixes me and heals me. Yeah. Um, you know, also stuff like, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revival's first album. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Rex, Tanks, I love Phoebe Snow, this... A good song is a good song. It doesn't really matter what genre it is to me. If a song touches you, it touches you, you know? Yeah. And it's all important. The, well, what was the um, metal and rock scene in your area of New Zealand? Um, what was that like growing up? Um, it was good, man, because it was... It was um, I mean, we were so geographically isolated from the rest of the world, you know? Yeah. Um, and so... You know, I remember going to school and, and we'd order Sounds magazine, which later on became Kerrang magazine, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and it would take three or four months to come from England to New Zealand. So we were always behind the times. And, you know, we've always had a small population here, we're only up to four and a half million now. Yeah. But for a long time, it had around three million people and there just wasn't big venues and there wasn't enough people to really, you know, support the, the scene in a big way. Yeah. You know, um, Good local bands would pull three to four hundred people. Um, you go see Black Label Society play in Auckland, and they play in a room to a thousand people. Yeah, but you know they should be playing to five thousand. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so New Zealand's always been a little bit of sort of lagging like that, and it's just you know, a numbers game. We just don't have the population to support metal and rock as much as we love to. Yeah, and now with the, the whole COVID crisis, you know, venues are closing down all oh, over yeah. the place, yep. and there's all sorts of people raising money and, and awareness and trying to save these iconic venues and stuff. But, man, there's just so much dropping out. Yep. It's a crazy time, man. And, and uh, yeah, well... Uh so, from growing up in the in the uh, New Zealand uh, scene and, and where you grew up, um, how did you how did you get into being a, a radio DJ? Uh, I mean, in back in 1992 is is what I read. You, you started uh, your 1987, man. 1987. Oh <laughs> well, how did you how did you know, get into radio? Did you go to school for it, or did you just try out? Not at all. I, I totally fluked it, and um, I was playing in a band. We were called Nightshade, and. Nice. Um, 
we got interviewed on on the local uh, university station, mm-hmm. and this guy had just started this heavy metal show called The X Attack. Yep. This guy, Bad Johnny, his name was, and me and him got on like house on fire. He just interviewed us as a, as a metal band because we were touring and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, me and Johnny got on so well, and you know we'd just hang out and, and drink beers together. And he goes, "Dude, we've got the same record collections. Why don't you?" You know, come and co-host the show with me. Nice. And I was like, dude, radio people, oh, I don't know, I don't want to be a radio person. <laughs> um, and he talked me into it, and we co-hosted the show for uh, for a year or so, then he left, and it's, yeah, it's just been me for the last uh, 33 years doing the, doing the axe attack. That's so crazy, man. What uh, what uh, were some of your favorite interviews over the years? Um, Ozzy was definitely one of the worst. <laughs> Why is that? Was it just a bad, bad uh, get him on a bad day? Yeah, he got him on a bad day. He couldn't be bothered. He uh, was eating an accent on the phone while I'm talking to him, and he just couldn't be bothered. And it's heartbreaking because I'm his biggest fan, you know? Yeah. But uh, I've got to speak to Ronnie Dio a couple of times and Rob Halford a couple of times, and they've absolutely restored your faith in humanity. Yeah. Beautiful people. You know, I've been lucky enough to hang out with Lemmy on, on a number of occasions yeah. and Dime Bag. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, I'll tell you, probably three of the nicest guys I've ever interviewed were um, older British bass players. Uh, Roger Glover, Ian Hill from Judas Priest. Yep. And who's the third one? Uh, there's another one. Escapes me right now. I'll give you the last, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Absolute gentlemen. And just, yeah, lovely interviews and just so passionate about their, their music and everything and you know what it's like when you talk to someone who actually really loves what they do. It's easy, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Well, I, definitely. It's it's nice when when the people are engaged and actually have some time and and, and are interested and kind of like you. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't get excited about our own songs. I mean, it's wrong with me. So I got to ask you because you know you have this insane amount of knowledge doing radio since 1987. We're a Seattle radio show. I got to ask you, and I'm going to put you on the spot. What are a few of your favorite Seattle bands of all time? Uh, Queens right, right up there. Yeah. Um, Jimi Hendrix, of course. Hmm. Um. Who else we got? Um. Oh, I mean, I love Nirvana. Hmm. Um. What else? Uh, yeah, Queen's Rock, man. I've, I've so got good. right into that band. Especially the early stuff. I mean, the Queen of the Reich EP, when that came out, what just changed changed us. I think it was just... But, I, yeah, think, it, I think yesterday was like the anniversary of Operation Mindcrime. I think you're right, too, yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And you know, th- those, those albums still sound great. Oh, yeah. They still sound really good. And uh, none, none of that stuff seems to have lost its relevance to me. Um, well, well, uh, you know, just kind of wrap up some of the, the ideas of, um, of like radio and, and, and music throughout your life and, and the importance of it. Uh, if you could, why don't you, uh, tell me four albums that have made a positive impact on your life? Uh, okay. Okay. Ramones first album. Yeah. Um, never mind the bollocks by the six pistols. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, um, Black Sabbath, Master of Reality. Hell yeah! And Sabbath, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. A couple, a couple punk rockers and a couple Sabbath. I like it, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I love the energy and and uh, 
you know, division that punk came out when mm-hmm. it first came out in the seventies and stuff like that. It was angsty, and yep. you know, when I heard the Ramones play. Actually, the Ramones was uh, probably the first band I ever saw play live. And I was very young and went to that, and it just bam, <laughs> I want to do that. That's awesome. Um, well, so uh, I, I have a kind of a, a unique question here, and, and uh, but I, but I, I bet you could answer with a pretty interesting story. So if you could, uh, if you could, Paul, so pick a scar on your body and tell a story of how you got that scar. Uh, okay. Um, so this is my excuse for my fumbling um, um, bass, bass playing. Okay. But I've, I've got a scar on my left finger, my index finger of my left hand, right on the, on the bottom digit part of it there, right in the middle, uh, where, I sh- where I shot myself with an air rifle when I was 15. Oh, no. And I had to have an operation to get the slug taken out. And I remember thinking at the time, it's a good thing I don't play guitar because this would be, you know, awful and then I picked up the tail probably two years later and I've always sort of struggled because that, that webbing between my index finger and my next finger is a bit tight because I've got this big ugly scar there so, yeah <laughs> as air rifle went off uh, honestly it was a bit defective and it, it fell over and as it slipped out my finger went right on top of the barrel and as the butt hit the ground somehow it went off so yeah I shot myself <laughs> <laughs> oh my god in the hand and, luckily and then later on in years I've been diagnosed with carpal tunnel syndrome so I've had oh. like three operations on my hands now oh wow Yay. yeah <laughs> damn dude well uh you heard the scar now how can we support devil skin um obviously you know you we you know you guys had to postpone or to- or cancel some tours uh your album is out now how can we support devil skin um during this time um it's just, just find us on Facebook or, or Spotify and, and have a listen to the tunes and, and say hi. You know, we're, we're sitting around and messaging people back from all over the world and absolutely loving loving hearing what people think of the new album. You know, we've got, um, we've got 12 videos out there too, so we're not too hard to find. So, yeah, yeah if people want to check it out, that'd be great. You know, have a listen to our songs and, and dig inside them. Absolutely, man. And, and, and this is Paul Martin from Devil Skin. Their new album is called Red. Uh, calling all the way from New Zealand. I really appreciate it. Uh, any final words for anyone listening right now? Well, it's just great to be speaking to folks in Seattle. And obviously, I mean, it's such a um, beautiful, so much beautiful and rich history of music and rock music that's coming out of your area. So man, we, we can't wait to get over there, Kevin. We want to. This is our, our next priority is to get to the States, so we want to come and meet you folks and uh, play live for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul, and, and check out the new album by Devil Skin. It's called Red. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, Kevin. Cheers to the middle shop for having us. Absolutely, so brother. Have a good one, man. You too, man. Enjoy that. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Bye. It's 99.9 KISW Metal Shop, Metal Shop Backstage Pass Podcast, talking with Ross the Boss, founder of The Dictators and Man of War. And Ross the Boss has a new album, Born of Fire. It is available now. Ross, how how, how you live in, man? 2020 has been a hell of a strange year. Yeah, What's going on in Ross world? Yeah, it's been challenging, I can tell you that. I'm here in New York, and, uh, you know, New York is a wacky town. Yeah. We're seeing we're seeing our city decimated so you know it's not it's not it's not not an easy thing to look at to to be witness of but uh it's i don't know i don't know where the end of the end of, end, the, the ending is it, it you know i don't see it so we'll see yeah. i don't i don't know 
How have you been? I, how have you been able to stay sane and and like stay? You know, do you have like a routine that you're in these days? Because obviously, you'd probably be touring a lot if uh, if we were in the normal times. But do you have like a routine that you try to do to just to keep yourself sane? Well, luckily, I have, I have a business here. Okay, and it's a sports business, a baseball. We have a baseball cage right here. I'm here right now. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, we've been it's we, we have it for 16 years now. And it's pretty successful. And so I spend my time here every day. You okay. Know, I, I do everything I have to do. Yeah. Include record for the dictators and mm-hmm. record the, the fourth death dealer record. Yeah. The third one's out, just came out. And uh, take care. All right. The third dictators record, uh, the third death dealer record is out, came out last week and uh, oh. sensational. And, uh, the, new, the original dictators have been recording, so I've been busy with that, busy with Death Dealer, uh, plotting. We're going to start new songs for the Rush the Boss Band. Yeah. Um, you know, we did, we've done quite a lot of things. We did uh, Vakken Online during the summer, which was very successful. We did. Uh, That's awesome. I did a remake of Heart of Steel acoustically for the Live Aid yeah. crew, live, live Nation, Crew Nation. Mm hmm. That was very uh, that was very good to do. So I'll keep it busy. I mean, you know, but I do work. I do work every day. Yeah. No time off to think about on any of the bull. And uh, I think that's the way to go. I said, if you just if you just sit back and and just like brewing, you know, like like um, just brewing your own juices there, marinating yeah. your own juices, it's not good. Absolutely, man. That's cool that you have a business, uh, you know, that that can hold it steady. Because I know a lot of people are hard up right now with with nothing. But that's awesome that you have something uh, like kind of like a backbone um, when you're home. Uh, yeah, you know, it's that's like, rad. You know, you know, who knew that something like this was going to happen? Yeah, but you can't rely. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. In yep. Life. You know, so uh, no, thank God. You know the cage is doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's holding. It's hopefully they don't. The, the morons don't lock the city down again, and uh, which will be disastrous. We'll just put the the, the the final nail in the coffin for New York City. So it seems like a lot of people are moving away from the city these days. At least in New York City, that's what the the news reports. I don't know if it, what it's like. Uh, uh, yeah, is well, that there was true? one report that said three hundred twenty thousand people have changed their addresses but i'm thinking it's more like four hundred and fifty thousand people wow fled you know and well who's fleeing is the people that really can afford to flee that's true and that's new york's tax base mm-hmm. so um you know <laughs> the governor was begging people to come back yeah but, uh you know listen you lose control of the police the mayor the mayor has lost control of the police force they despise him and uh you know you lose the NYPD in New York City, you're done. You're done. Man, uh, I hope, I hope. Uh, well, you know, I hope a lot of things, but let's just, uh, you know, let's hope that the end is near, that hopefully science can win out in the end, and we can go back to touring and seeing rock and roll. Um, so right. you, in, uh, in this year, uh, unprecedented time. You've actually released two albums, like you said, the Death Dealer album, and then just right as everything was gonna lock down, right around that time, um, you put out the Ross the Boss album. So, yeah, it couldn't have been worse timing, could it have? Huh? <laughs> from your perspective, how has that been? Like uh, releasing an album amidst 
the craziest thing in our lifetime. How's that been? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't planned. Yeah, was that's for sure. We didn't plan on it. It was just the way the the chips fell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we did our U.S. tour here. Yep. Uh, Killer show. Know, yeah, we played here and we did our U.S. tour. We ended it in Philly, February twenty fourth, and then eight days later, boom! We had a March sixth release for Born a Fire yep. on AFM, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow! I, I mean, you know, just like yeah, it's a fan, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had a, everything was was poised perfectly for a killing, and you know, we had the Born a Fire came out, amazing reviews. Amazing reviews, amazing amount of, still amazing amount of uh, um, respect and good album, really good album sales and and CD sales. And we (laughs) we had a a whole Euro tour with the Burning Witches um, from from Switzerland. Yeah. And it was going to be a great tour. The dates were going to be fantastic. Yeah. And uh, in, you know, April. Everything's canceled. Everything's canceled. Then the summer gets canceled. Sweden Rock, Big Gun in Russia, all these to- all these festivals mm-hmm. we have. Everything gets canceled and actually gets postponed till next year. Yep. So, uh, and then we were supposed to have the Europe tour, the same Euro tour right now, November December mm-hmm. Europe, and they canceled that. That's uh, you know no one's can- no one's touring now in Europe. It's locked in. And uh, so we have a, that same tour for 2022. All so. right. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any words of consolation other than it'll be awesome when it actually happens. And I think it will be. But I yeah. do, we, we do have Spanish and Portuguese dates this oh, coming, nice. the, end of, the end of April. Nice. And then my singer, Mark Lopes, and myself will be going to Russia. We have, um, right now, there's eight shows booked. With orchestras in each city. Wow. So, and Uli Roth, plus Uli Roth and me, oh, and man. I don't know, maybe some some other artists, but that's going to that's gonna be a really a fun thing to do for me and Mark and Uli and whoever else is there, and um, let's hope it all goes. I mean, that's that will really, and then Sweden Rock, then the Summer Festival. So, let, you know, listen... I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen until it happens. If when I'm on that plane, that's when I'll know. Yep. Or when, exactly. when I get on that stage, I'll know what's going to be. And you know. So I. I just the uh, the whole industry is just. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what people are doing. The crews, the merchandisers, the promoters, the venues, the bands. Yep. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough all over, but. Uh, we, on my end, we're working hard every single day. That's great. And, uh, so the death dealer record is, uh, we're going to talk about that a little. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about it, man. Um, Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's called Conquered Lands. Yeah. And, uh, we released three songs to, um, Spotify. I call it Spotify. (laughs) And three songs. So we're not giving them the whole thing to steal. Okay. So we're just so if anyone wants the record, they're going to have to buy it. Okay, right on. If you want the full record, you're going to have to buy it. Actually, you know, pay for it. Imagine and, that. Yeah, and that's supporting uh, artists. That's the way to well, do it, dude. If, if, if folks out there want to see live bands in the future, you better support support the the bands and support the artists. 
but they're not going to be back. I, you know, you, they might not just be, I mean, there'll always be bands coming back, but you want it to be like it was, you know, and uh, it just, you know, people are just uh, human. They need to live. And um, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the file, you call it, because uh, yeah. did, you, did you see that news story where they were saying how Spotify is now considering doing this deal where uh, if if uh if artists agree to less money to getting less money they will then get more placement on um playlists so it's I like can't imagine any less money yeah but so so cut the already minuscule amount of money you're getting for plays take that right. and cut it in half or something and then they'll give you um they'll give you uh, a little bit less money but you'll be on these playlists so in my right. opinion it's the modern age payola it's what I think it's just it's just thievery it's just theory it's just it's 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 I, I don't know it's just <laughs> I, I, it's, you can't even make it up you can't even make how bad that is you know yeah I mean you need like a million a million million plays to get 80 bucks a thousand dollars I mean you know it's just ridiculous it, it's, it's so you know so you have to buy the record. If you want, you want, you want our 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 our, our product. You got to buy it, okay? Yeah. And, uh, have an amazing, amazing looking um, merchandise. Uh, different different configurations, uh, CD, vinyl, badges, T-shirts. You know the whole nine yards, and it looks fantastic. The artwork is great, um, and uh, you know the record is ferocious. And the record features uh, our new bass player, That's Mike awesome. LaPont, who also plays in the Roster Boss Band. Yeah. And Symphony X, among others. He's a busy boy. Uh, Mike LaPont is one, probably the best bass player in the world. Probably one of them. You know, definitely yeah. top, top five in my book. And uh, the new dr- our drummer, of course, the original, the, the, the one after Ryan, it was Steve Bolognese, who's also in Roster Boss Band. Mm-hmm. So. I have three fifths of my band, including myself, in Death Dealer. There you go, and that's going to make for interesting touring possibilities. Absolutely, man. I mean, you're going to be tired as hell if that happens. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it, listen, it's an honor to play music. I'm I'm ready to go. Let's get I a Ross the Boss Dictators uh, Death Dealer tour, and you'll just be white. I, I think the dicta- <laughs> I think the dictators will be separate from from the metal scene. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the, you mentioned that you're doing new stuff with the Dictators. What can you tell me yes. about that? Well, uh, the original band is back together again. Yeah. Um, without Mr. Manitoba, mm-hmm. Handsome Dick is not in the band. Um, it's a long story. I can't get into it. But Fair enough. I don't think it just didn't work out. Yeah. So it's the original band, the way, the way it was created. Me, Andy Chernoff, Scott Kempner. Um, and our new drummer is a very famous drummer. His name's Albert Bouchard. Okay. And from Blue Oyster Cult. He's the original Whoa. Blue Oyster Cult member. That's awesome. So we have an amazing, amazing drummer in the band. And That's killer. We, we, we mixed our, our first song is done, and it's going to be released soon. We're going to be just be releasing songs on on social media. Well, I guess Spotify. But just to, to tell people that the band is back, and create a you know create buzz and believe me it's going to create a buzz because this 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 song is unbelievably good and um we have more coming so when when the when the green light is given i'm going to have 
death dealer, the Ross the Boss band, and the dictators ready to tour. And uh, so, dude. So, folks, that's the result of hard work. Yes. Any, any of you musicians out there listening to me tonight, don't sleep till 12 o'clock. Because if you sleep till 12 o'clock, that's what time it is in Europe already. <laughs> that's a good point. You gotta, right? you gotta hustle, man. And it's right. once once things open up and the world opens up again, and you can tour, you're gonna have, you're gonna be off like a bolt <laughs> bus, dude. You're gonna be like booked up for the next five years, dude. Just straight up yep. different yep. tours. Yep. You'll never yep. be home. Well, and, and and the good thing about the Death Dealer situation is that I am currently recording Death Dealer Four. Okay, already. Still, yeah, right. Yeah, I do. Yeah, recording. Yeah, so during the March and during all those months of of lockdown, we've been writing songs. Yeah. So me, Stu, and Sean have been writing tunes, and actually, we have enough for Death Dealer Five. Dude, you're making everyone else look bad. Well, let me tell you something. (laughs) It's every day, every day, we keep grinding on, grinding forward. You're lapping us, yeah. So Death Dealer Four is, is I mean I'm almost done. I got like I got like I don't know, five more tunes to cut and uh but you know, every you know, I work here all day at my batting cage, which yeah. is an honor to work because I love sports and baseball and kids and mm-hmm. we're helping the inner city kid here. Hell yeah. We're, you know you know, we're just helping these kids achieve their dreams and we have uh you know, we had a college show- showcase for our travel team, the Cage Warriors. Nice. And we had seven, seven colleges at our at our at our at our college showcase this year. And we just set records, and kids got were getting offers from college, and you know, just just you know, it's just it was so much work to get there, but we finally we're getting there. We broken through, and um, the organization has 120 kids in it now, 120 players. Yeah. You know, like three 11, 11 year old teams, and a lot of kid, a lot of kids are playing. That's and, awesome. Uh, we managed to, as, as bad as it looked in the beginning of the year, for playing baseball mm-hmm. and these fields and with the parks department, and and you know, no no permits and everything. We pulled it off because we, we sent we went to Long Island, you know, because we're in Queens. We were able to go. We played most of our teams played fifty plus games each. That's awesome. Yeah, and. um you know, we just uh, one team. Our, our travel, our big, big, eighteen uh, U travel team played. I think sixty-five games. So we were able to do that, and wow. uh, it was a it was a triumph this year. It was a you know a lot of work a lot against of the odds. Yeah, yeah, against the odds of doing it. Because let me tell you something. In March, it looked pretty grim. <sighs> yeah, absolutely. Because you know, all the high schools canceled. You know, so um, that that was you know that whole thing. We just. Uh, kicked this year in the ass of baseball and uh they just stopped they just we did uh our last tournament in long island a place called baseball heaven okay out, out in suffolk county and we actually two of our teams won championships so I, I just hung the banners up today hell yeah congratulations yeah thank you and uh you know so you know putting it all together i mean i i would say that i mean i'm like you know I'm frustrated that we're not touring yeah. and making money that, you know, <laughs> of course everybody is, but uh, mm-hmm. other things are very, very good creatively. That's great. And, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, I've been making music since 1975 and um, I ain't stopping. <laughs> Couldn't stop you before. It ain't going to stop you now, man. So no way in hell. You got that you warrior know, spirit, dude. Only, 
The only way I'm, I'm being stopped is when when lights go out. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I have one final question for you. We got the Death Dealer album out now, uh, Conquered Lands. We got Ross the Boss uh, album, Born of Fire, available now. New Dictators music along uh, uh, coming along the way. Uh, more st- stuff to come out in 2021, etc. But, so, this week, as we speak, it is Thanksgiving week. Is there a dish that you love above all else, aside from the turkey? Is there a side that you just can't do without? Well, we do have a, I do have a dish at my house, and it's become a standard at, at, my, at, 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 at Boss Man's house. Yeah. It's called turducken. Wow, okay. And you know I've what heard, that is? I've heard of turducken, so, so tell me how you yeah, make it. It's a chicken. Yeah, you buy it. It's a chicken okay. stuffed into a duck into a turkey. Bones removed. That's okay, and it's stuffed with uh, seafood jambalaya. Whoa! And let me tell you something, dude. It is un freaking believably good. That sounds awesome. It's delicious. It's it's delicious, man. So every year we have the turducken as well as the turkey. Yeah, and uh, as well yeah. as the turkey. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we have more more food than you know. You know, it's like, but we make sandwiches. We yeah, get, you know, we, oh, we yeah. invite, invite people over. We, yeah. you know, people, it gets eaten. You know, eventually. That's great. And so, uh, plenty of protein. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> but, man. But the turducken is amazing, and I, I, I suggest anyone interested that you can buy. You can they'll send it to you in, in dry ice, and it comes in. Fro- it comes in. It's it's ready to go. Just pop it in the oven, and it's delicious. Dude, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to look that up. Thank you for the tip, man. Do it. Do it. Don't. 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 Uh, don't sleep do on the tur. Yeah. Don't sleep on the turducken. <laughs> no. Do it. Great. Right on, man. Any final words for the Northwest audience, man? I know we had a killer time seeing you live. Um, obviously, no one can be doing live shows right now, but we're we're gonna be jamming that Death Dealer and that new Ross the Boss. Any final words for the Northwest? Well, metalheads, you know. I want to reach out all the best to you all out there. I know it's been a tough year. It's been a tough for all of us. But you know what? We're, we'll get through this. We're going to get through this, and uh, we'll come out better. And uh, hopefully the, the vaccines yeah. are being worked on faster than I've ever seen a vaccine being worked it's on. It's pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it is. That's, that's what we can do. Yep. So we're going to do it, and it's gonna, we're going to get through it. And the bands will be rocking again. Yep. And you guys got to show up. And, you know, once the confidence is back to show up in, in big crowds, small crowds, 500, you know, whatever it is, you get you guys get get there and uh, we'll, we'll we'll play our freaking hearts out for you. And uh, we're dying to do it. And uh, you know that and um, continue to support the bands. As I said, buy the merchandise, yep. invest in the best in your favorite groups, not just my group. You know, but invest in your favorite groups, local bands, anybody yeah. you know. You know, give, reach out to them, reach out to the young bands because it's just a disaster. Yeah. But uh, you know, let's get th- let's get through this together, and the Metal Nation will will will, will rise stronger than ever. This has been Metal Shop's backstage pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.